You'll recall last week, while they're taking up the offering, that's a little bit of a distraction, sorry. I'm going to go ahead and get started. Um, we, we looked at a, at a sermon based on the body of Christ, and really the picture we got last week was that God has assembled the body the way He intended it to be. And it was a fun week for me. I had a bunch of puzzle pieces that I asked you guys to fill out. If you weren't here last week, find me and get a puzzle piece. Because what I want to do as a pastor is I'm just trying to see what God is doing in our church. And so I asked people to write on these puzzle pieces their gifts. What are they good at? It doesn't have to be church stuff. It can just be what you're good at. Um, your ministry or your service where you typically serve. And then your dreams. Like what is God speaking to you about the future or your future or the church's future? And so anyway, as a pastor, I've spent the week trying to put the puzzle together. And just trying to assemble the pieces and, and seeing themes that start to come out. Ideas that gifts or, or ways that these pieces come. Let me tell you, you guys, we're a unique puzzle. I'll just say that. I mean, it was pretty hard when I first sat down with that puzzle trying to figure out which way was what. Because they're all blank puzzle pieces, so I don't know if it's up or down or left or right. And trying to figure out how, I mean, it was challenging. We're unique. But, but I really am starting to see some things in my heart that I'm excited about how God is orchestrating these things. And so hopefully in the near future, um, I'm going to have some groups where I try to get you with people who seem to fit. And then we can talk about certain ideas together that have been kind of coming up. Uh, And as we talk about them, I think it inspires, it ignites, it transforms us. And what what is this all about? It's all about us being who God wants us to be. It's all about us doing what God has orchestrated for us to do. It's not about uh, a little thing or a little illustrated sermon pastor came up with. This is about us learning ourselves and how we come together and we accomplish something, I think, pretty incredible for the kingdom of God in Crawford, Nebraska. Why? Because God knew way better than a pastor that he brought us here for this, this purpose. Uh, in, a, in a practical sense, this year for our church and if you're, if you're not really worried about church stuff, just ignore me for a second, it's fine. Um, but this year in our church, it will be a year of transition. Um, this is, a lot of us, we're not even aware of this, and I like it that way, quite frankly. Uh, our church is what we call a district-affiliated church. And what does that mean, Pastor? That means that we are governed by a group of people that are not necessarily in the church. It's myself and a couple other pastors are the official governance of the church. And the Assemblies of God has that set up for churches that are, are developing or growing. They're trying to get healthy. They want to come alongside them. But we're at a place of health. And so for our church this year, we're going to transition from being governed by someone outside to governing ourselves. And so all that to say, we're going to be making a shift to, to general counsel. So you'll hear about some things that I think at times we don't like to hear about. Uh, at, t- at times, I think they become a distraction for what God wants to do. We talked about we're members of the body. I want to talk about membership this morning. Well, what does membership mean in the context of a church? I mean, I know we've heard it before and we've seen it. We've seen the rules like you've got to do this, 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 and this, and then because I'm a member, I can vote. In our, in our world, membership, it has a, a whole connotation. Like if I pay a fee, then I get the, the privileges of the club, right? Like I can go shop at Sam's Club and buy more stuff than I would ever need, but i got a family of six, so now I need it all. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like they got these giant things. That, it's the privilege that comes from membership. And so often I think that 
our understanding of members. We buy memberships to like health clubs so we can go use their machines to work out or we can just pay them so we feel good about having a card in our pocket that says we belong to the club but we never go because we're not motivated. Anyway, um, but it, it's all about like the privilege and, and sometimes I think that as we talk about these things, I'll tell you as a pastor I get apprehensive because they distract us from being the body that God desires us to be. We get consumed with the, the administrative or the, 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 the governance part of the church that we're missing out what God wants us to do. So I want to talk about what Pastor Steve, this is me, in my heart as we move forward, what, what, does, it, what does it mean to be a member of a church? You know, last week we read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read it later. But it talked about we're members of the body of Christ. So what exactly is, God, is, is God's design for membership in a church? Like, where do we find membership? I mean, I've said that. I've talked to other pastors. I've wrestled through this because, honestly, I'm not a big fan of the idea of membership. Like, in what it is, in how it can translate. And so I'm like, I need, as a pastor, if I'm going to lead a church, I have to discover for myself, what is God speaking about this? I don't want to do it because that's what other churches do. I don't want to do it because that's what we're... I want to do it because this is the way God designed it. And so I start to look at the Word of God and I see, what does God seem to communicate when it comes to our part in the body of Christ? Yeah, we've got the the body of Christ analogy and we look at that, the puzzle pieces. But what is it that God says? How does God describe members? Like, what is he looking for? What is his desire? What is his heart when it comes to these things? And I tell you, I come across a word that in, in my life, from my context of where I came, means something completely different. I'm talking about redefining membership. I'm going to use a word that's hard for us to understand. Uh, last week, and, and, I'll, and I'll pray as we're on our way there, I, I started with Ephesians chapter Chapter 4. And I should have done this in the, NI, or in the New American Standard, but I'll, I'll read it in, in, in uh, the NIV. Father, I just pray for us this morning. I pray your anointing, your presence. Allow your will to be done in this place. Let us hear from you. Let us receive your word. Let us be transformed this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. So Christ himself, I said, gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, the pastors and teachers to do what? My job as a pastor, the reason that I'm serving as a pastor is to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, if you look at this in a more literal translation of the, of the Scripture, the New American Standard is a little bit more literal translation. It says that the job of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is to equip the saints for the work of the Gospel. The word that, that God has spoken to my heart about, it's a word that actually when you look at the New Testament and you, you look at Paul's writings, about 60 times when he writes to the church, he writes to the saints. So you'll, 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 you'll start a book and it'll be like to the saints of the church in Philippi. 
or to the saints in Ephesus or to the saints in Colossae. I mean, that's how Phil, uh, Paul addresses the people of God. But now, I'm, my wife's in this room, and if I ask my wife to call me a saint right now, she's going to struggle. Right? Because in our minds, saints are what? I was a good Catholic boy, so a saint is a dead person who did really good things in their life. I mean, that's what a saint was. Who can live to the measure of sainthood? Like, who in this room feels qualified to be a saint? But you read the letters that Paul wrote. He rebukes, he corrects. He's not calling them wonderful people all the time. He's calling them out because they're getting distracted, they're getting confused, they're fighting with each other, they're, they're biting with each other, whatever you want to say. So, so the idea of saint, I believe it's God's model for what our place in His body is today. I believe it's the way God designed for us to live, but what does that mean? I mean, who feels like a saint? Can you say, I'm a saint without smiling this morning? Joan can't do it even in her mind without laughing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like say to yourself, right, I'm a saint. Say to your spouse right now, you're a saint. Say to your sibling right now, you're a saint. <laughs> I mean, it's hard for us to do because it's such a... A challenging understanding. Well, what does the Bible say about that word saint? Like, what is Paul communicating when he writes to the saints, to the church, whichever church it is, to the holy people, to the people, it says, in the interview? What's he communicating to them? Where there's this, this Greek word, actually there's two words that kind of come together to form one word that they translate for saint. That word is hagiosis. Now, you don't have to say that again, but that's what the Greek word is. And so what, what it is, is it's two words that come together to form this one word that, that, that they write as saint. Those two words, again now, we're going to like these words because I'm sure we always identify as these two things. They're the word for sanctified and they're the word for holy. So the word for saint, it combines sanctified and holy people. Well, who feels sanctified and holy? Sometimes I think we sell ourselves short on who we are. Like if I say, are you holy? Yeah, I'm not so holy. (laughs) Uh, We like to identify oftentimes as I'm a sinner saved by grace rather than I've been made righteous by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We like to identify with, with, with what these... Words, I mean, sanctified, like that's a big word, right? I mean, Pastor, now you're talking over our heads. It's Sunday morning, let us wake up first. What does sanctified mean? Like, what is it, the idea of sanctification? Well, it's being made holy. That's what the, the, the Bible school definition is. Well, what, is that, what does that mean? I looked up, now I'm going to make this simple this morning. Because I believe what God designed, there's simplicity in His design, in complexity, really. And, and so I read a Bible dictionary about what is sanctification. Like, what does it mean for me to be a saint? And so this Bible dictionary I read, it's the Baker Theological Dictionary. I'm going to read this, sanctification. 
The generic meaning of sanctification is the proper state of functioning. To sanctify someone or something is to set that person or thing apart for the intended use by its designer. It says a pen is sanctified when it's used to write. Eyeglasses are sanctified when they're used to improve sight. In the theological sense, things are sanctified when they're used for the purpose that God intends. A human being is sanctified, therefore, when he or she lives according to God's designs and purpose. What is sanctification? What does it mean for you to be sanctified? If it says that my, my shoes are sanctified this morning because they're on my feet, then that's what they were designed to be, to be done. My shoes can be sanctified, can you? The chair you're sitting in right now is sanctified because of your hind end being in the chair. That's the purpose it was intended to be. Sometimes we complicate, we over-spiritualize what God wants us to be. We are sanctified when we're, when we're engaging in the purpose that God designed for us to be. So last week, Pastor asked us to do this crazy thing of puzzle pieces and write down what, what our gifts are and where we serve and, and, and what our dreams are. Why? Because I want us to be saints. I want us to be sanctified. That means you being used how God designed you to be used. If it's in the context of our church, praise God that you can be used by, by the way God designed you and then suddenly He's, he's going to call you a saint. Not because you've made all the right choices. Not because you're doing all the right things. Not because you've tithed or because you're coming to church or because of this or that. But because you're doing what God designed you to do. So someone might be sanctified cleaning the church. We might be sanctified saying hello to someone on a Sunday morning. We might be sanctified baking a pie for someone that, 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 that needs a little bit of love. We might be sanctified as we serve together and watch what God is, is doing in us. Simply put, me being who God made me to be. I'm a saint. I'm a saint when I'm who God made me to be. Serving how God made me to be. I will tell you that at times it's hard to be a saint. At times the, the joy, it's, it's missing. But when I'm doing what, what I'm supposed to be doing, when I'm, when I'm who God made me be, He calls me saint because that's the purpose. Who's the designer? Who made you? Did He know what He was doing when He made you? What about when He gave you some of those quirks and crazy things? Did He know what He was doing when He designed you? What about it when he made it that you could put together a Rubik's Cube in 35 seconds? Did, did he know what he was doing when he designed you? Then our job is just to figure out what, what he did when he made us and to engage in that. So if you're good at something, that's why I ask for your gifts. God made you that way for a reason. 
There's a reason some things come better to you than they do to other people. There's a reason that I love mathematics and I think it's God's love language to His people. Well, Pastor, you're weird now. God designed me that way. How can I use this for His service? I'm unable to sit down and tutor I don't know how many kids now because God lets me do good at math. He can use it for the kingdom. The way He designed you, maybe it's a passion in your life. Whoa, loves to fish. God can use that in who He is. The gifts that we have. God knew what He was doing when He made you. And when we start engaging in the purposes that God created us for, we become something incredible. You become a saint when you're used the way God designed you to do the things that that He desires for you to do. I talk about conduits a lot. Pipes. Just letting God's love flow through you. You're a saint when God's love flows through you. You've been set apart. That's what the word holy means. To be set apart. You've been set apart by who? By God for a a kingdom purpose. And as a church, when it comes to membership, I want our membership focused more on fulfilling God's purpose than keeping a law that is is man-made. I want our membership to be defined by by the purpose that we have as a church of loving God, loving people, and making an impact in, in serving God the way He created me to serve. It may not mean we all preach. It may not mean we all sing. It may not mean we all do this or that. But the reality is, is that God has brought us together. Pastor is seeing this now as I'm putting the puzzle together. He's doing something incredible. And I promise there is a place for you and what God is doing. And as we start to discover those things, accountability comes from one another. You know, there's someone you fit with. I'm going to share this, Mike, sorry. I tell people I'm going to embarrass them all the time now. That's my goal each week. No, I'm just kidding. Mike and Kent were talking, and Kent's got some, some team horses, and Mike drives team horses or knows how to drive team horses, so suddenly there's a connection. Well, guess what? There's accountability too. Because if Mike wants to drive a horse, he's going to call up Kent and say, hey, you got the horses ready? And if Kent wants his horses driven, he's going to say, hey, Mike, you coming out sometime? See, that's what accountability comes in the body of Christ. And you say, Pastor, well, that seems like a stupid little analogy. I'm telling you, there's a kingdom purpose to what God is doing in all this stuff. Pastor, you're talking a lot this morning. I know. Take a breath. I'm excited about what God is putting together. I'm excited about us being able to discover the purposes that God has for us. I'm excited about the idea that God has made us holy. How am I holy? You're holy because of what God has done in your life. Hebrews chapter 10. I jumped ahead, sorry. Hebrews chapter 10. And by that will, we have been made holy. We have been set apart through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. 1 Peter chapter 1. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace 
to be brought to you when Jesus Christ revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you live in ignorance, but do, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Let me tell you, you are holy, you are set apart because of what Jesus Christ did. There's a scripture that says, when we talk about righteous, we've been made righteous by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. If you ask people, are you righteous? Most people say no, because we look in the mirror every day. We know what we're thinking when we're driving down the highway and someone cuts us off. So we say we're not righteous. The reality is, you have been made righteous. You have been made holy. He has set you apart for a purpose. How was I made holy? We've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. We sang this morning, right? I've been set apart because of what the the blood of Jesus Christ accomplished for me. Yes, I was broken. Yes, I was not going to be any good. But He cleansed me for this very purpose. God has cleansed you for the purpose. You are worthy. Listen, you're worthy for the purpose God made you for. You are worthy to do what God made you to do. You are worthy to be used by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You are worthy for for, for an incredible thing in the kingdom of God because of what Jesus Christ did for you. Yet so often we don't serve, we don't join, we don't connect because we claim we're unworthy. That's not the truth. The truth is that when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I was made righteous. I was made holy by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So I've been set apart. I've been cleansed for the purpose that God has for me. I am worthy of the call that He's placed upon my life. I am worthy of the responsibility that He has set before me, the purpose that He has for me. It just becomes doing. It just becomes engaging. 2 Timothy chapter 2. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. God has a good work set out for you. God has a design set out for you. He's prepared you. He's given you the way to be able to do it. He will give you the strength to accomplish what He's called you to do. Sometimes we just have to engage. Sometimes we just have to connect. Sometimes we just have to do. Why will when... A, B, C, D, E, and F are in line. Like, I will engage in the God-given purpose when this has happened, when my kids are grown up, when they moved out, and I've got grandkids, and I've been able to kiss all my grandkids, and been able to love on them, and then, and then I'm going to go ahead and do then. When I'm good enough, like I know my faults, when my problems are taken care of, and I'm no longer struggling with sin or doubt or fear or anxiety or whatever else. No, God has made you holy. He's given you the ability. He's prepared you for a special purpose. 
We're members of His body. There's a purpose for you in His body. Just as a body, though one has many parts, we, uh, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews, Gentiles, slaves, or free. We were all given one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Think of that. You're a part of the body of Christ. All the parts coming together to do their own special work. I talked about last week the necessity of your part. That puzzle on the, on the left or the right or the left of the screen, I guess, for you, wouldn't be very fun with that one piece gone. And it probably makes the other pieces more complicated when one part... You know, think about your body. When one part doesn't work right, it affects the whole thing, right? I mean, you stub your toe and all of a sudden you can't think straight. You stub your toe and self-control is gone. Your tongue is running wild. You know what I'm talking about? Like one part not doing its part. Like all of a sudden this morning if my tongue stopped working... You guys are going to be looking at me like, what in the world is pastor trying to accomplish? Because I'm going to stand up here like, You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the value of each part. Each one of you, you're a part of what God desires to accomplish. And you feel like I'm going over this over and over, and I guess I am. I want us to recognize the responsibility I want us to embrace the pride, the, 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 the gratification, the satisfaction that comes from knowing God chose me and I'm integral in His purpose. And He set me apart for this work. He set me apart to accomplish these things. Ephesians chapter 4, where I started. Where I'm ending, equipping the saints for the work of the gospel. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined together, held by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That's membership in the body of Christ. That's what God designed. He designed for us to be a body. Christ Community Church, we are a body. We come together as each part does its part. As each thing does its part, we build each other up in love. We build each other up and, 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 and we see God's will accomplished. You're a saint. You guys can come up. You're a saint. Say now, I'm a saint. It's not as hard when we understand the simplicity of what God's communicating. Look at your spouse now and say, you're a saint. You're still going to laugh. 
Thank you. Oh, you're a saint. (laughs) I believe God's doing something incredible. I believe God's puzzle, as complicated as it might be, is pretty remarkable right now in what He's accomplishing. And I want us all to be a part. I want us all not just to be a part, but to do our part. I want to push you as a pastor to get on that horse or buggy or whatever you do to drive horses. To say, hey, how's that coming? I want to help make those connections and hold you accountable in front of an entire church of people so they're all going to ask you now, hey, did you guys get together and ride horses yet? That's equipping the body. That's equipping the saints. Not embarrassing the saints, but equipping us that we can do what God wants us to do. Sometimes the purpose is hard. Most times we don't feel qualified. We can tell ourselves why we can't. But God's made you who you are. Father, I come to you this morning and I pray for us in this entire room. God, I thank you that you're God. thank you, Father, for the plans that you're preparing for. And I thank you for the promise of the Word of God that I've been made holy through Jesus Christ. God, if there's anyone in this room this morning that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, if there's anyone who says, I can't be a saint because I've never accepted Jesus Christ, I pray that this morning, God, they accept you as their Lord and Savior. They accept that you've made them holy. You've taken that sin and you've washed away the effect of that sin in their lives. Why? Because you say if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, raised Jesus from the dead, that you will be saved. God, I pray for us this morning that we would be saints. Whatever that purpose. Maybe we wrote it down last week on a puzzle piece. Maybe you spoke to our heart this morning something else. But God, I pray that we would be saints used for the purpose at which you intend. God, doing what you've called us to do. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Highlight the purpose. Remove the doubts. That we might accomplish your very will 
in Jesus' name. I'm going to have Walt and Carrie lead us in a chorus. And I encourage you this morning, we didn't have a time of prayer actually during worship today. And if you have a need in your life, I want to be able to pray with you as a pastor. But also if you're wrestling with pastor, I just, I, I'm not a saint. <laughs> and I don't get this. I want to pray together that God can bring revelation to your heart. Uh, that He can speak to you. So as they lead us in this course, I just would encourage you to respond. If you have a need, let me pray with you. If you want to respond to the sermon this morning, let me pray with you. If you feel like God's speaking about connections with people in church, go sit down next to them and talk. If you know there's people that have a like heart when it comes to ministries or things that, that have been going on, go spend some time together. Like I say, in the, in the future when it comes to, I'll just tell them right now, there's three things that I got from the puzzles that I know God wants us to engage better in as a church. Those three things. First, it's youth. God is speaking, I mean, he conversation after conversation about hey, Pastor, what... I think we will be here next week, by okay. the way. About how, we'll, how we're going to work with the youth. Like, we've got to reach our youth. And so, so God, God stirred in my heart. I want to get people who, who, who have a heart for youth together so you guys can be a catalyst for one another and you can share with one another and hold each other accountable. God's speaking to my heart that, that we need to reach families better, like that, that there's families and we need to have relationship and, 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 and support and, and encourage one another. That was on the pieces. And so I want to get people who have a heart for families together so they can start to discuss and, and dream together. And the other one was cowboys. And how does that look? And how are we reaching into that community or, or that culture and, 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 and effectively touching their hearts with the gospel of Jesus Christ? This is not from what Pastor Steve says. This is what was coming up on those pieces as we put them together. These are the things that God has begun to highlight to me from the puzzle that He's assembling. So I want us to do our part. I want us to be saints in what God's designing. So anyway, that's kind of a bigger picture of where we're going. But So this morning, if you want to spend some time in prayer, if you want to spend some time talking, relationship, whatever, if you want to spend some time praying, I'm here. Um, but I just... Look forward to God equipping or, or, or fulfilling the purpose through His saints. You're a saint, amen? God's got a purpose, amen? He made you like He made you for a reason, amen? Be a saint. The Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. And may you live sanctified this week doing exactly what God made you to do. Amen? Be blessed. There's puzzle pieces back on the table. If you haven't filled one out for pastor's eyes yet, uh, I said you want to put your name on the back, you can just so I can get a picture. But if you want to do that, if not, be blessed and have an awesome week.